0: don't really exist separately. They are intertwined, intimately intertwined. Each affects the other. We know that scientific discoveries can affect society directly. Think of electromagnetism, for example. That was a theoretical advance that made electric motors possible, and we know how significant they became. But the influence can go the other way, too. The presence of social values, for instance, determines what's interesting, what kind of questions get asked, and that goes a long way to steer the direction science takes and to discover and determine what discoveries get made. With all of the modernization that occurs in these two centuries, we have a fascinating task ahead of us. I'm going to tell you later in this first lecture what we'll be doing in the entire course, but before I get to that, I'd like to set the stage for the first part of the course which is entitled Science and and the Enlightenment. Come back with me for a moment to the year 1783. We're in Berlin, the capital of the German state of Prussia. Berlin was the site of a number of salons where intellectuals gathered, just as they were doing in France around the same time. If you pick up a copy of the Berlin monthly, you'd read the prize question for the year. The journal is soliciting essays on the question, what is enlightenment? There's been a lot of talk about enlightenment lately. Apparently the editor wishes to clarify exactly what it is. Now I want you to notice something here. The question itself, what is enlightenment? That reveals a very important aspect of the time we've gone back to. I mean by that, a self-awareness of its status as an enlightened age, compared to previous eras. This is so much the case that we in the present have identified the century as the Enlightenment. In fact, the Enlightenment marks the beginning of a longer period of Western history, what historians often refer to as the modern era. We mean by the modern era, the period since the Enlightenment, marked by its commitment to discover truth and by its confidence in reason as the means with which to do it. Now, some people claim, as perhaps you've heard, that we're now beyond the modern era. We're living in a postmodern period. Well, if that's true, then it was the two centuries that constitute this course, the 18th and 19th centuries, which define what is meant by the modern era. There are other courses in our curriculum here at the Teaching Company that focus on the Enlightenment and on various aspects of both the 18th and 19th centuries and I highly recommend them to you. In this course, we'll be examining how developments in natural science helped to forge this new modernism. Now, one of the entries in the Berlin Monthly's prize competition was submitted by a professor from Königsberg way over in East Prussia, one Immanuel Kant. In his answer to the question, What is Enlightenment? Kant said that it was characterized by waking up to a realization. What realization? Well, the realization that we humans have created realms separate from ourselves on which we then have become dependent. Kant said that we've erected transcendent religious realms, heavenly regions we invest with meaning, and then we defer to these realms because we believe they make claims on us. Kant said enlightenment involves Having the courage to discern this and to act on it by getting rid of what he called self imposed dependency. A couple of years earlier, Kant had written a book that emphasized the role human reason plays in permitting humankind to stand on its own feet. What's interesting to us in this course is that Kant himself was vitally interested in natural science. Many of his early years of study had been dedicated to it. In fact, Prior to the age of 36, Kant's writings dealt primarily, although not exclusively, with the natural sciences. Kant certainly respected the power of natural science to acquire positive knowledge. To be sure, he also made clear what he thought were the limitations natural science operated under. But Kant was a champion of natural scientific knowledge in his day. Now, he wasn't alone in this respect for the power of reason. Many thinkers of the age were impressed with the human capacity for rational knowledge. In fact, among the achievements that convinced them of this were the remarkable strides of the natural philosophers of the